0: A cigarette. Should. Winston tastes good
1: like a cigarette should. Winston gives you real flavour, full, rich tobacco flavour. Winston's
2: easy drawing to the filter lets the flavor through. Winston tastes
3: good like a cigarette should. Hello everybody, this is Jonathan Brown from Something Underground Theatre Company. Welcome to podcast number four. If you've managed to get this far, it means you haven't been completely bored stiff by the previous three. Um, I know they've been of, um, uh, let's say, learning curve quality. Some um, more riveting than others. Uh, we're we're getting there, slowly but surely, finding new ways to entertain your ear and bring you sounds that uh, both inform and entertain in equal measure. So uh, what we've got for you now is a... throw back to 2014 when Something Underground uh, produced three shows in the Brighton Fringe and beyond. Uh, We did, what did we do? We did a relaunch of The Last Lunch. We did a re-showing of Betsy, Wisdom of a Brighton Whore. And we did the first showing of Smoking Ban. Uh, So let's go reverse order. Smoking Ban uh, had its first showing in Brighton Fringe uh, 2014 with the inimitable Kate Goodfellow, who that year went on to win with that show the Best Female Performer in the Brighton Fringe. did incredibly well. Um, And then she went on to take it to Edinburgh Fringe that summer. And so that was that was a great success for the for the peace smoking ban and uh, one woman show written and directed by yours truly. At the same Brighton Fringe we had that year May two thousand and fourteen we had a production of Betsy Wisdom of a Brighton Hall, and that was um, being performed by L Dylan Reams, who was the second person to take up the mantle of performing that particular show. And she might um, she might not have been the last. Uh, as there may be news um, in the pipeline about the possibility of another um, a production of that particular um, play. And as you may or may not remember, um, or may or have never known, um, Betsy Wisdom of a Brighton Hall is the prequel to, or one of the two prequels to The Well, the um well my jonathan um z, uh first play for a cast now the well was set in brighton at woodindine well into in in 18 um, 62ish um during the and um, towards the end of the digging of the the world's deepest hand dug well and featured the protagonist jack um whose surname i can't remember um jack something and uh, he was the what you call the Steiner, that's the person who's right down the bottom of the well, um, digging away. And he, um, he was right down at, towards the end of the digging, in, in, he's a fictional character, but based on real Steiners, because I think they rotated them. Um, uh, at the end of the dig, they it was down as deep as the Empire State Building is high, so he was down 12 to 1300 feet down into the earth, underneath Wooding Dean, what was then the Warren Industrial School, which then became Fitzherbert uh, Catholic School, um, later did, um, and uh, possibly named after Maria Fitzherbert. I've never checked that out. And then um, Maria Fitzherbert, being the, um, uh, the 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 supposed wife of uh, the Prince Regent George the Fourth, um, although it was never sanctioned by the rest of the royal family or the church because it was because um, she was Catholic and. Um, Anyway, we'll get into Maria. And um, and then um, uh, it became... Uh, well, it got knocked down, basically. Uh, but Catholic Secondary School is the Catholic link. And um, on top of that got built... Um, on top of the rubble of that, I'm sure the rubble was cleared away first, the foundations um, dug for the now still quite new-looking uh, Sussex Nuffield Hospital where they do all sorts of operations, um, I think including... Um, uh... transgender operations and in the car park there is still the the opening to that world's deepest hand-dug well anyway, the well I've got, I've gone off on a complete tangent now because we were talking about, um... Betsy Wisdom of Brighton Hall, and that's, um... yeah, it's... it's first production, uh... which is a one-woman show and was... it's basically about the mother of the protagonist from the well, so Jack's mother um... who you never quite meet except for in spirit form in the well and, um... And in in, in mm, reflection, I suppose um, in, in in anecdotal form, you meet her. But in in Betsy present uh, about Betsy, Wisdom of Brighton Hall, you get to meet her in in person, and see her exploits with the infamous bin shaft. So yeah, um, as I say, the um, the the that that one woman show written and, and directed by me was first done by Rachel Gershon in two thousand and thirteen. Um, and uh, again in 2014 and one of the prequels to The Well alongside the other prequel to The Well um, which is The Silent Stream which continues to be played pretty much as we speak I'll be doing it again on the 11th of May 2018 at the Underground Theatre different from something Underground Theatre Company the Underground, two different words Theatre Theatre in Eastbourne one word um on the 11th of May two words 2018 so that's 730 anyway so yes that's uh, so that was being put on we did we did both of those one person shows at uh, that smoking ban and <coughs> Betsy Wisdom of Brighton Hall at uh, the friends meeting house and the same year we also did a third production so we had plenty going on of um well it was the it was our, it was the third production that year that we were running concurrently it was a production of the last lunch and this was the last lunch's second uh production we we ran it in 2012 with a cast of 10 because it's a 10-hander it's a lot of people on stage and it's uh, an amazing uh, I I say that cuz I wrote it but I do I do like it as a play and um well I would and um, Well, not always. I, don't, I haven't liked all my plays, but then again, then again, I haven't actually produced the ones I don't like. They tend to go into a bottom drawer and uh, get gently and slowly forgotten. But this one didn't, and it came out and was done in 2012 with a great cast. And then in 2014, another great cast, ten completely different people. Um, we took that out, Brighton Fringe, and toured it to about 20 um, uh, performances around the South and Southwest. Had a lovely time with it. So, um, Paul Levy from, um, uh, Brighton, uh, Brighton's, well, not, well, I think he's Brighton based person, uh, but he's Fringe Review, he's Mr. Fringe Review and he very kindly cornered me in New Road in Brighton on, um, in May 2014 and asked me about, I think he asked me about all of the three productions. Um, and right here, right now is that interview um please do enjoy and hope to see you at this year the May Fringe 2018 um at Exeter Street Hall at um our performances of you can't watch this play which is my one man improvised work work play play work um or work and no play makes jack a dull boy so yeah that's uh, that's that's happening on the mm, Fourth and fifth, I think. Eighteenth and nineteenth, I think. And the first, second, third of June. I've got the dates clearly in my head, but um, it's basically the first weekend, the f- middle weekend, and the last weekend of the Brighton Fringe. We're at Exeter Street Hall. Uh, I say we because it's also alongside and back to back with a production from um, our Create Your Own One Person Show course, which I teach at the Cockpit and in. Brighton this month. Um I'm we're in April at the moment. Um it's April the um what is it 21st today and uh we've been teaching I've been teaching at Evolution Arts um and on a Wednesday night and on Thursday night in London at the cockpit, uh the create your own one-person show course. And the last time I did it at the cockpit in uh, November, uh, the wonderful Sarah Hickingbottom was creating a piece called The Woman Who Conceived the Pill. Which is about this incredible woman, um, Margaret Sanger, who um, came up with the, the the realization that women needed women in in the United States, and she was based in New York, uh, where she was seeing women um, in the early nineteen um, hundreds, um, uh, having their bodies wrecked effectively by multiple childbirth. Um, and no uh, laws against any sort of contraception or abortion, and against any denial of men having their way with their wives. So anyway, Margaret Sanger, as an incredible figure, campaigned 40 years, went through all sorts of um, trials and tribulations till she finally found a um, collaborator, scientist, to create the actual formula for this pill in the 60s. So a long, long campaign, Margaret Sanger so that's called The Woman Who Conceived the Pill and she's running back to back with me the um, you can't watch this play again um, then so I've been jabbering on a long enough shall we listen to that brilliant 2014 interview I can't remember what I said I think uh, Paul caught me out with some good questions and um, yeah let's let's see what, how it goes thanks for listening and back to you
2: next time with our next podcast see you soon take care Bye. Gotta have it in the morning, gotta have it at night, gotta have it in between times to make me feel right. head starts to throbbing, my nerves jump around, gotta take some on just to quiet them down. Caffeine and nicotine, doggone this thing I've ever seen. The way the nicest folks get so mean, without caffeine and nicotine.
4: Here on Euro. City, day two of the Brighton Fringe, and I'm delighted to finally get a chat with Jonathan Brown. Um, Jonathan, tell us what kind of epitomises something underground.
3: Oh, that's a really difficult question to do. Straight here, <laughs> off the top. Um, something underground. Oh, gritty, I suppose. Um, oh, God, that's such a good question. Um, <sighs> I suppose it's sort of humour with heart, um, uh, bite, um, sort of challenging. Um, a bit in your face sometimes, intense, um, up close and personal if we can. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, pathos, humour, poignant. Um. <sighs> <laughs> well,
4: that's good. A There's a lot, lot of words there. In Sorry about on. that. I'm
3: just, just chatting someone on a, on a so,
4: so. A after that mean question, I've got an even meaner one, really, which is, where does Jonathan Brown, the writer, sit within the stable that is something underground?
3: Oh, my word, they're beautiful questions, fantastic. Where do I sit? Um, sort of at the back, next to the hay. Um, it's, it, the writer gets to come out sort of once every year or so. It's sort of, uh, the, 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 the call is put out, we need more material. And um, uh, sometimes uh, he, he, he sort of sits around twiddling his thumbs, waiting to, to get, the, get the call. Much, uh he's it, been he's been very off duty lately um um in that uh, we've had a lot going on in the personal life but um uh, it, sort of, it runs alongside lots of other roles the hats that uh, I personally have to wear um including um you know producer admin um, performer rehearse you know director so the writing um i haven't written anything new actually for about a year so uh Um, The Smoking band that we're doing this year is is about five years old. It's something that's been sitting in a bottom drawer for a while. It's really lovely to... uh, My writer is very, very, very happy to finally see it out and done and found a really good um, performer to to bring to the stage. Having been given the um, confidence to do a one-woman show um, or, or cast a woman, last year by, by, by the success of Betsy and then this year feels like yeah, it's, it's going to go well with Smoking Ban as well
4: It's not necessarily a bad thing, I mean, a company like Theatre Ad Infinitum, another award winning company uh, that did Translunar Paradise at the Fringe a few years ago, they talk about how one writer steps back, one performer steps back, can even sweep the stage for the next show and they rotate the skills and give people a chance to recover and you had quite an intense you know, success with Last Lunch um, and so it's probably good for you to not write for a year isn't it?
3: It probably is, um, although, yeah, it's sometimes, yeah, there's that feeling of um, hard act to follow sometimes, and uh, I'm, I guess I get stumped, yeah, very much stumped by, oh, right, so what, what what can come next, and I must admit, that Last Lunch was only my second play for a cast, and I haven't written a third one yet, so <laughs> I've been doing lots of one-man shows up to that point, and, yeah. Um, I'm I'm wondering how I'm going to find that next play for a cast. It certainly feels like a a real challenge. Um, And um, I'm not not sure I've got writer's block, but I'm I'm certainly um, squirming when I look at the blank page.
4: A lot of people I know remember Last Lunch. So if the cameras had been on you during the writing of that and followed you around, what sort of things would the cameras have picked up?
3: They would have picked up that I was um, really enjoying interspersing um, uh, new ideas I kept, kept sort of bumping into people so um, who, who suggested new ideas so first of all it was a um, it would have been one scene followed by another scene followed by another scene um, of um, a vegan son comes to lunch with his butcher dad and that sparks off a, a sort of I don't know an inevitable argument really um, over the under over the Sunday lunch table and then then there was a. I, I bumped into something or someone else, which um, which suggested to me um, interspersing these scenes rather than running them um, subsequently. Um, is that the word? I can't remember. Uh, but so I, you know, I thought, well, okay, why not run them interspersed and concurrently? And that that idea came to me. And then I bumped into somebody else who um, who suggested uh, what, you know rather than put those three scenes in different parts of the stage, why not let those um, those characters be in the same theatre space as each other whilst they're. Um, Uh, having those interspersed uh, conversations. And so there's sort of physical and emotional bleed over between the the three scenes happening simultaneously. And uh, so, you know, one character is leaning literally against another character, not aware of their presence, or, uh, um, and, and talking about them um, and uh, that you know the fun the fun developed out of that and, uh,
4: so are you at the divisor end where you needed performers already in the room to write or was this all printed you know and done and then you,
3: you found your cast sure no well we, we did uh, rehearse readings I, I, I must admit I don't, I don't you know I suppose I am a divisor but I, I did I, I'm, I am I'm, I'm more um, uh, I guess uh, um, writing rid- uh, driven you know the work is more writing driven so um, I write. Then we do rehearse readings. Look at it. Talk to people. Go back. Rewrite. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was through, through through the act of being able to do rehearsed readings that we were able to go back and you know uh, tweak or throw away endings and start again. And um, but um, I, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it into the devising camp personally. I'm you know scripted. I, that's how I do it.
4: And, and do you let go of them? In what sense? It's done, it's written, it's performed, it got the
3: award, here it is again. What's your relationship to that? Um, Last Lunch in 2012 had 14 performances in various different venues uh, including the Brighton Fringe, only four in the Brighton Fringe and um, I really enjoyed it very much. I really liked the play and I just wanted it to get more outings really. Um, another play that I did uh, in 2008 was uh, 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 something called The Father Monologues Part 3 and it was a one-man show and I I worked for years on it and uh, I only did it six times and um, and I just in the end I just walked away from it so you know times when pieces feel like they're I just need to let them go and and not bash my head against that brick wall anymore or other times I'm I'm still excited about The Last Lunch and I still, I still want to share it and get it on the road again and have, let, let people see it. So. I mean, it's, it's happened to
4: me in my life, I know this interview is about you rather than me, but, but oh, about, about you. yeah, well, you know, is it possible for the solitary writer to get a bit lonely and then seek company and here we are at the Fringe with several productions with lots of people around you? Yes, it is possible. <laughs> <laughs> and does that happen to you?
3: I don't know. I mean, um, uh, we had a new baby in uh, June, uh, at the end of June uh, last year. So I've got a 10-month-old baby. I um, happened to uh, uh, move into a new home recently as well. I've been very, very busy with uh, home and family. And um, so uh, performance life and uh, theatre-making life has had to really take a back seat for a while. And um, I suppose the, the, the Fringe is a... Um, something i know i mean i've been a few years now and uh, um it feels like it's um something i know i can make happen uh, to put on a show here so so uh it felt like the done thing to come again <laughs> um and yeah it's lovely to be out again amongst people uh, after the, a long winter um yeah out again amongst people and talking to talking and listening and sharing and and uh, being sociable again. It has been, you know, it's been an inward time over the last uh, eight months or so, 10 months.
4: And in terms of here now at the Brighton Fringe, I mean, there's three productions. How does that feel to
3: be to be a family of shows now? It's lovely, because we're all on the same place, all on in the um, Friends Meeting House from the 15th to the 31st. Um, we're um, we're going to share the same changing room and uh, yeah, it's... it's um, um, I lost track of the question now what's the question
4: again? Yeah just kind of what it's like being a family of shows rather than just the one I guess because you're now uh, to the outside where well, there's a stable going on here of shows that happens a lot in Edinburgh Fourth Monkey, Theatre Company Geoffroy, Compton, Compton they come up with five or six in some cases
3: Yes um, I, it's, I, we only did this for, did that for the first time last year I think um, well pretty much um, and we did three shows last year and um, yeah it's that feeling of uh, I I, I I really want to put on the last lunch but, oh, Betsy did really well last year and uh, I just don't want to let that one go to sleep and not be seen again and, oh, I've got this other one and, you know, it just feels like I'm just champing at the bit. I'm also getting on. I was 50 this year and um, there's this feeling of death stalking me and I have to get on and get the shows out before um, I curl up and die, you know, and um, and also with uh, new family and a new child, there's a part of me which is feeling the the pressures of family life, um, sucking me towards um, more towards parenting and, and uh, uh, as a sort of um, a rush to <sighs> quickly I've got to get all these shows on before I get subsumed by um, uh, by uh, um, enlarging the family so um, it's, 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 it's been a bit of a stretch putting on three shows I must admit um, but we're sort of building teams more I, I'm building a team more around me and uh, that's nice because I've sort of been a one man band um, for many years and and um, uh yeah learning to collaborate and work with other people more is uh, that's good fun
4: final question then you know this old man of 50 you know describe the old man describe the old man of 60
3: oh um well i'm i'm, I'm on a bit of a um a health um hit at the moment so i'm trying to um I've got to compare there in a minute. I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to get my weight back down a bit, uh, so that um, as I say, with a new baby, I, I really have this strong feeling of needing to be um, fitter for her. And also, uh, I'm enjoying the performing life so much and the theatre life. I, I just want to keep <laughs> I want to I keep fit, so that uh, so that I can do it more. You know, I I, I, I see many more years of performing coming. You know, it's so. Yeah, I'll be doing the same thing, but uh, hopefully slightly expanded in, in reach, um, in um, in being recognised, and um, you know, any, a little bit more, a little bit more expanded in in, um, in the uh, in, yeah, in in who knows the work really. It would be great. And a little bit of ambition there.
4: Two years older than me and looking ten years younger than me. Jonathan Brown, right. thanks very
2: much. <laughs> Cheers. Now the day before yesterday, I tried to quit. But right away I threw a nicotine bit, so I grabbed for the pot and I took a swig. But I had to see the neighbor for to bum a cig. Caffeine and nicotine, doggoneest thing I've ever seen. The way the nicest folks get so mean, without caffeine and nicotine. You and you sip, you sip and you puff. Seems like you never can get enough. Just gotta have something to keep me alive. Oh, I can't work, boss. Just gotta take five. Caffeine and nicotine, doggoneest thing I've ever seen. The way the nicest folks get so mean without caffeine and nicotine. Mm. up the street that brews the finest pot And I'll tell you boys, that ain't all she's got We got a lot in common when we're pitching woo Because she smokes the very same brand I do Caffeine So there we have it, a lovely
3: chat with the lovely Paul Levy of Fringe Review back in 2014 And we're going to round off with some of the classic cigarette commercials that we obtained snippets of to uh, include in and before, as the audience were arriving um, in the show, the one woman show, smoking ban. Some of them are fairly shocking. I think you'll agree. Uh, certainly, very interesting uh, use of imagery and um, sexuality to uh, and concepts of manhood to to sell those their cigarettes. So enjoy listening to those. And uh, again,
0: we'll see you. See you soon all go. The cigarette has nearly 200 years of tobacco know-how behind it. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. Smoother, milder, tastier old gold cigarette. Old gold, the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Like I keep saying all the time, if you want a treat instead of a treatment, get a pack or a carton of old gold cigarettes. You'll love them as much as I do.
5: Muriel presents a bunch of small commercials for a bunch of small cigars. Uriel Coronel.
0: Muriel Menthol.
6: Muriel Air Tip! Burgundy. Tripleet Cherry.
5: Tripleet Natural. Tripleet Wild Blueberry. Muriel makes more different kinds of small cigars than anybody. Muriel, the big name in small cigars.
6: I remember an uncle of mine whom I loved very much. He lived by the sea, and I often spent all day on the beach with him just walking along. He liked to smoke cigars. And each time he took one out, he asked me the same question. Do you like music? Yes, I'd say. Well then, here's a band for you he put the Robert Burns band on my finger, and we'd go on walking in the sun. Years later, that memory made me start smoking Robert Burns. This is the Robert Burns Panatella. An especially wonderful cigar with a rich and comfortable taste because the tobaccos are nature filtered for mildness and better taste. No artificial quick curing for Robert Burns. Every leaf is slow cured in clean air. Why don't you smoke a Robert Burns cigar soon? They come in five different shapes, from two for a quarter to twenty-five cents. Hey,
0: it is longer. Right, much longer. I never saw a cigarette like that. What is it? It's filter-tip pell-mell. Yes, filter-tip pell-mell. The new luxury length for a taste that challenges comparison.
1: Have one. Mmm, like that pack. Cool. You mean it's got pell-mell tobacco in it?
0: You bet it does. The finest quality money can buy. pell mill's famous length of fine tobaccos with a filter tip. Now filter cigarette smokers can say,
1: I know what I like, and I like the taste of pell Mel gold.
6: That luxury length, I like. That pell Mel taste, I like. I know what I like, and I like the taste of
0: pell Mel gold. Discover the long-filter cigarette that's long on flavour. Filter tip pell-mell in the distinctive gold pack. Outstanding. And they are mild. Got a tip for you, Governor. Hope it's better than your usual, Blinky.
2: You know them Yang cigarettes, you fancy? American Parliament. Yeah. Well, they come in a new size now. Parliament 100. It's the only 100 with a recessed filter and charcoal besides.
0: Where'd you learn all this, Blinky? Professional secrets, Gov. Think you will get me some? Try your inside pocket. They're here. New Parliament 100s. Tony. I had a dream about you last night.
5: Was it sad? I'm
1: not sure.
0: Tell me about it. All right. You were away, and you were writing to me. You had a rubber stamp, and you stamped every one of your letters with a big red love. Though the word is just a social amenity. Like saying, bless you when you sleep. Is
5: that it?
0: Just about. What do you think? I think we ought to talk about it. There is a cigarette for the two of you. l and M. What a wonderful difference. Montclair's menthol is in the tip, not in the tobacco. Remember, all other menthol cigarettes put their menthol in the tobacco. Only Montclair puts it in the tip. Know why? So the menthol cannot burn. Montclair's menthol tip cools the taste of the good golden tobacco, freshens the flavor the whole smoke through so it never tastes dry or bitter. Montclair's filter adds to your smoking pleasure instead of taking it away.
1: Montclair's last puff tastes as fresh as the first puff. Montclair's last puff tastes as fresh as the first puff. Because Montclair's met was is in the tip, Not in our fine tobacco. Smoke Montclair Modern Cigarettes. Smoke Montclair Modern Cigarettes. The only cigarette that puts the menthol in the tip. Ladies and gentlemen, I've devised a torture test between your lighter and my Ronson Comet. Put your thumb on the side of your lighter. Squeeze the lighter. The Ronson Comet can. Find a dangerous, windy place and see if your flame will blow out. The Ronson Comet will Now, twist its neck and see if your lighter carries two spare flints and a replaceable spark The Ronson Comet does. Carefully turn out the lights and adjust your flame to cigarette, cigar, and pipe to inject your lighter with life-giving butane. One gulp of the Ronson multi pill and the Comet can light for months. If your lighter can't do half the things the Ronson Comet can, get one and have your own torture
6: test.
1: Silver pin, lowest in tar and
0: nicotine of all 100s, lower than most kings, yet better taste. Can a cigarette that tastes as good as Silver Thins possibly be that low in tar and nicotine? Read the latest government figures. Try Silver thins, now in Menfall 2. Gentlemen, this machine identifies odors, as your noses do. Observe. <laughs> Surely
1: it won't
0: detect this cup of tea. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Uh, I have a real test.
1: Oh, oh, God.
5: God. <laughs> <laughs> New Tipperillo Aromatic. It doesn't smell like a cigar. Now, a cigarette that's low in tar and nicotine, high in menthol flavor. New Montclair. Just enough in every puff, makes every puff a pleasure. How much is just enough? Just enough menthol to please your taste. Montclair's new charcoal menthol filter does it. Charcoal granules that are both activated and mentholated release just enough menthol to freshen every puff. So every puff tastes as good as the first puff. What's so modern about Montclair? The answer is in Montclair's modern menthol flavor. Yet, Montclair is surprisingly low in tar and nicotine. But the flavor's still there when you smoke Montclair. Just enough in every puff makes every puff a pleasure. Smoke Montclair. New from the American Tobacco Company.
0: Here's something something really great. Great. New Paxton Menthol. The best to date.
1: Precious, too, because the
6: Humaflex pack is moisture-proof plastic. That's That's the fact. fact.
0: Take it from the sides. Give a little squeeze. Soft and flexible.
6: Opens with ease
0: paxton is here to start a whole new trend to -to back-to-back filters and a
1: soft menthol blend. keep the top
0: in reserve or throw it away or put it back on
1: for clean pockets all day suddenly you're in a new
0: world of flavor with paxton menthol filter cigarettes It's a wonderful world of softness, a wonderful world of freshness. It's the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful world of Salem cigarettes. Salem gives you a modern filter, plus rich tobacco taste, smoothed with menthol, softened with fresh air. For Salem's special paper, breathes in fresh air with every puff to bring you Salem's air-softened taste. There's a wonderful world of softness, a wonderful world of freshness. It's the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful world of Salem cigarettes. Salem's softness freshens your taste. The Lark Truck is here in Chicago. Show us your pack. Lark has an inner chamber of charcoal granules for a taste people really like. There is nothing like a Lark. Have one.